This is Morning Air. This is about educating a people that for 40 years haven't been given the full truth. It's time now to speak the truth. When you do things to the best of your ability, keeping Jesus number one and doing everything you possibly can for His glory, that's a winner. You are called to make the light of Christ shine brightly in the world. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio. Four minutes after the hour, praise be Jesus Christ. It's another thankful Monday morning, Monday, November 8th. Good morning. Muy buenos dias and welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverance. Thanks so much for joining us in case you Missed our discussion the first hour. Thank you. Thank you again for an unbelievably historic Join the Family Fall Pledge Drive last week. It was simply amazing. At about 3.38 p.m. Central Time on Friday during my good buddy's show, the Drew Mariani Show, we reached the $3 million mark. Never before in the history of Relevant Radio had we hit $3 million before 5 p.m. on Friday. Our goal, keep in mind, was only $2.7 million. Our Relevant Radio audience, amazing, unbelievable. That's all I can say. Our Relevant Radio family is growing, and and thanks uh, to you, we continue to bring Christ to the world through the media for at least another three months. Our total as of this morning, and I'm sure it's going to continue to increase, $3,401,275, the all-time record at Relevant Radio. And we're talking about 14,732 donations from you, members of our family. Glenn, again, uh, we want to say thank We can't say thank you enough today. Uh, all of our hosts are going to be saying thank you uh, throughout the day for this amazing, no. historic pledge drive. That's right, John. We ought to be saying thank you every day the rest of the year. And uh, every day we thank you for listening to Relevant Radio, for lifting us up in your prayers and uh, supporting us financially when you do as well. Such a great turnout. My goodness, so over $3.4 million raised, uh, starting with a goal of $2.7 million. Uh, that excess uh, will be put to good use, uh, paying down mortgages and helping us to uh, continue to grow here at Relevant Radio as well. We thank you for your great support, having been here for every single one of those pledge drives for the last 18 plus years. It's just amazing to see the growth of Relevant radio and uh, the growth and generosity from not only the entire audience but individuals as well we appreciate you uh, learning that it's great to give that good things can happen when we work together to provide this platform for jesus christ and his church so thanks once again to to one and all and if uh, you happen to miss out on that chance for year-end giving to relevant radio you can still include us in your year-end gifts we thank you for your generosity at relevantradio.com or that famous phone number 877-291-0123 Glenn, um, I, words cannot uh, be said enough uh, in terms of how thankful we are because uh, it's just absolutely amazing. It just goes to show that Relevant Radio and our mission of bringing Christ to the world through the media is needed more than ever before, and our listeners understand that. They know that they're not going to hear in the mainstream media and other places the message, the truth, the beauty, uh, the pro-life message that we bring day in and day out throughout the day here on Relevant Radio. That's right. Uh, nowhere else. That's why it's uh, so important to, to team up with you, the world's greatest audience, to keep Relevant Radio going strong. It inspires so many. You're giving and, uh, you know, just these great, tremendous reports of, of success. Uh, we love to, to share those to let you know you're certainly not alone and uh, not only wanting to better your faith, but that Relevant Radio is a tool to 
help you do that and you're willing to support it as well. Thank you so much. We ask you to keep listening and praying for us, and we'll do the same for you as well. Absolutely. And in case uh, you weren't with us last week and you missed uh, all the fun, the pledge party, as you call it, Glenn, uh, if you were out on a boat in the middle of nowhere, uh, maybe climbing uh, the Himalayas and you're back, you can still uh, join uh, the family. You can still be part uh, of uh, of uh, this Relevant Radio family by making a pledge at uh, 877-291-0123 or online at relevantradio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Thanks, Glenn. Thank you again. Thank you, John. And thanks to one and all for your generosity. Absolutely. Uh, again, we, we've spoken about the importance of prayer here on Relevant Radio, and I want to remind you uh, that on Mondays, traditionally, we pray for the holy souls in purgatory of our relatives and our loved ones. And, and remember, it's not too late uh, if you have uh, family members in mind uh, to be part of the Relevant Radio uh, novena for the holy souls. Uh, it's uh, very, very moving to see all those names on the screen, especially when you watch uh, the the um, Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky at night. Uh, you know, many, many players are going up for our loved ones. And not only during the Rosary at night, but also the Divine Mercy Chaplet withdrew in the afternoon and during Holy Mass, so the powerful prayers for Mass every day at noon and the replay in the evening. We begin each hour giving thanks to our Lord for the many blessings through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary, when we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, Nuestra Señora de Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of life and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, in this year of St. Joseph, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. And every morning we always invoke the Holy Spirit when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. As we do every morning, our power scripture from the playbook of life is from John 17, 3. Jesus the Lord prays, now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This verse begins the prologue in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. This is what it's all about, knowing our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, whom our Heavenly Father has sent. God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. There's no other name under heaven or earth given uh, among men uh, by which we must be saved other than the name of our Lord Jesus. This is what it's all about. This is what Relevant Radio is all about, bringing Christ to the world through the media. And so with grateful hearts, we pray with great confidence, Jesus I trust in you. Our number, if you want to be part of the program, is 888-914-9149. And now we're going to continue our Be Formed series. Did you ever wonder exactly what is the role of the penitential rite? What's the relationship between the penitential rite and the liturgy of the Eucharist in the Mass? Is it a type of confession for venial sins? Joining us now uh, to continue uh, his 
B Forum series and explain the purpose of the Confidior for us is our spiritual director here on a Monday morning, Father Burke Masters, the Chicago Cubs Catholic chaplain, known as the baseball priest, as well as the director for the Office for Adult Formation for the Diocese of Joliet, Illinois, and of course, a regular contributor to this show. Good morning, Father Burke. Uh, welcome back. Great to be with you once again here on a Monday morning. Thanks, John. Always good to be with you. And uh, just congratulations and thank you to Relevant Radio and all of the listeners for their great outpouring of support. It, it shows that uh, what you're doing is, is touching lives and uh, just overwhelming support from the listeners. That's amazing. Well, Father Burke, I, you know, I, I know how much you love baseball. I know you had an eye on, on the World Series last week. I wanted to get a quick thought from you. Uh, we hadn't had a chance to chat uh, after uh, the Braves won their first World Series in 26 years, uh, uh, pulling it out uh, over the Astros, uh, four games to two. A- any thoughts that come to mind? Amazing, actually. When you think about it, their, their best player, Ronald Acuna, you know, was hurt. In, during the season and wasn't playing in the World Series. Amazing that you can win the World Series without your best player. That shows the the depth of their team and kudos to them for uh, an amazing season. Oftentimes teams, when you lose your best player, you kind of, you know, the air kind of goes out of the tire and you kind of give up. But boy, they, they just push through and uh, amazing victory over a great team. It really was uh, absolutely uh, amazing. And another reminder that even if you're not fantastic during the regular season, it's not where you start, it's where you finish, which is always a lesson for us in the spiritual life as well. It is. Uh, that's so true. You know, as you were saying that, I was thinking about the good thief, you know, who uh, was crucified next to Jesus. And, you know, his last words were, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus promised him today, you'll be with me in paradise. So it isn't, as you say, how we begin, but, um, you know, the Lord is so patient and is always inviting us to conversion and, and he wants, he wants us to be with him. So if you're listening and you feel like, oh boy, I'm, I'm far away from God. I don't think I could ever, I don't think God can love me or forgive me. Um, that's a lie from the evil one. The truth is the Lord's arms are always open waiting for our return. And Father Burke, uh, the Lord is the Lord of everything, including the world of sports. Uh, I, I, I ran into a tweet by the, the great uh, Vin Scully, longtime uh, voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, Hall of Fame announcer, uh, who tweeted, would you believe in the year that Hank Aaron passed uh, the, the uh, uh, Braves, uh, the Braves won 44 games. In other words, in the year in which he died, uh, the Braves uh, won 44 games before the All-Star game game, 44 games after the All-Star game, and then they won the World Series on the 44th week. Hank Aaron wore number 44. He says, the, he tweets, the, the Braves had a secret weapon after all. I, I thought of you, Father Burke, because, you know, again, divine providence, no accidents with our God. I, did, I, I hadn't heard that. That's interesting. Made me think of, you know, the number 108 when the Cubs won the World Series, at, like the number kept showing up in, in so many different ways. Uh, um, as you say, our God is a God of, of everything and the details of our lives. And, you know, sometimes we think the details aren't important to God, but uh, in his infinite love for us, uh, you know, in, in theology, we have something called the scandal of particularity. It, it's scandalous 
how particular God loves us, how, you know, even in the fine details of life, he's revealing himself to us. And, you know, these are some of the ways that, uh, that God just shows he is the God of everything. Um, and, and during this time, I just want to mention that I often think of you during this time, John, next week is our Catholic Athletes for Christ retreat out in California, which I know you've been to and, and I go to, and it's a chance for us to, to minister to Major League Baseball players, uh, past, present, and, and, and former, and what a beautiful uh, experience that is. As you see, sometimes all we see are the, the baseball players on television and their, their public life, but many of these men are, are such faithful Catholics who are great husbands and fathers, and we get to see, we get to see that side of their lives as well. It's awesome. Please uh, send uh, my best to uh, Mike Sweeney and the boys. Uh, there's so many great Catholic athletes that I'm sure will be at that retreat. Uh, it sounds like a fabulous event, Father Burke. Yeah, I will. And and, and just to put a plug out there for uh, Daryl Miller, uh, now Deacon Daryl Miller, you know, oh my the goodness. brother of yeah we, Reggie Miller and Cheryl Miller, two of the best basketball players ever. Uh Daryl, who played in the major leagues with the California Angels, um, he converted to Catholicism, uh, as did I. And just, I think it was about two weeks ago, John, he was ordained uh, a deacon in the, in the Catholic Church in the Diocese of Orange, California. And uh, he'll be there, and just an amazing man of God and uh, powerful uh, uh, preacher. So it'll be great to see him after his ordination. Thank you for that update. He's an old friend. Uh, he is a fantastic, fantastic man of God. What a, what a great story. We're going to have to invite uh, Daryl Miller to come on the show and tell his story. He's got a great, great story, yeah. and uh, he is truly a champion of faith. Father Burke, uh, let's uh, chat a little bit about uh, your Be Formed series. For folks that may not have been plugged in in recent weeks, can you give us just a brief overview of what we've been trying to, to do here with this series? Yes, so uh, we, this Beform series, uh, we have we have different topics uh, in the in the fall and the spring. So this fall, we're going through the liturgy of the word, and we're walking people through, you know, even preparation for mass. As soon as you step out of your car, preparing yourself to enter the sacred space, you know, the holy water, making the the sign of the cross, reminding ourselves of our baptism, looking for the tabernacle you know, genuflecting, bowing toward the altar, kneeling down and praying. And, and so we're going through every, every detail of the Mass to help people become aware of what's going on and to, to understand why we do what we do as Catholics. And then starting in January, uh, we're, the new series is going to be in the Liturgy of the Eucharist. So we're going to, uh, we're going to take, you know, from the uh, preparation of the gifts, the offertory, all the way through the end of Mass. And, uh, and I do weekly videos, about 15 minutes on, on, you know, specific parts of the Mass, just to help us understand the beauty, the scriptural basis. Uh, again, the more we are aware of why we do what we do, the more we can enter into the, the mystery and the beauty of the Mass. Well, Father, I so much appreciate those videos. Uh, they're, they're really wonderful. And uh, uh, the most recent one is about the penitential rite uh, that we experience uh, in Mass. Uh, can, you, can you give us a little historical perspective on just how ancient the penitential rite is? It goes way back to the early Church. It does, yeah. One of the earliest documents that we have um, 
is called the Didache. It's D-I-D-A-C-H-E, uh, written around the, the end of the first century, around 100 A.D. And in that document, it, it talks about when the, the Christians uh, gathered for Mass. And when they say Christians, there was only one Christian church. It was, you know, the, the Catholic Church. Um, and it says they would gather for the, the reading of the Word and the breaking of the bread. And b- before they started, they would uh, make a confession of sin in order to prepare themselves uh, worthily. And so what we're doing today in the penitential rite, you know, dates back to when those, you know, first followers of Jesus gathered together. Um, and, and I think the reason is we, we make a confession of sin uh, is sin blocks God's grace, you know. When we're living in sin, especially serious sin, we should go to confession. You know, the church teaches mortal sin. We should uh, go to sacramental confession. But even our venial sins kind of add up, and they they kind of get in the way between us and God. So the reason why at the beginning of every Mass we have a penitential rite, it's this kind of opening up of our hearts. It's a, Lord, you know, it's a recognition that I'm a sinner, that I need God's mercy. And as we ask God uh, for his mercy, we open our hearts so that we can hear the word of God and be able to receive the Eucharist in, in, in a worthy way, to receive the, the graces of the Eucharist in abundance. And uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, the role of this penitential act, the, the absolution that we receive uh, after uh, we, we say the, the confidior? Yes, yeah, so when the priest says, May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life, this is, it's called absolution within the rite, but it's not the same as sacramental absolution. So, um, again, if, if we have uh, mortal sins, and you know, the Church teaches that a mortal sin, there's three criteria, that it's uh, your intellect is fully engaged, you know it's wrong, your will is fully engaged, you do it anyway with full uh, consent, and it's serious matter. If you have a sin that, that and, and serious matter the church points us toward the Ten Commandments to say, look at these Ten Commandments. It's not just, have you killed somebody? But there are other things that are serious matter uh, involved in the Ten Commandments. If any sins fall into that category, we encourage you to go to sacramental confession before. Because St. Paul says, if we receive the Eucharist unworthily, we bring condemnation on ourselves. What we're doing when we're, if we're living in serious sin and we receive communion, it's, it's kind of like uh, living a lie. We're saying we're in communion with God and one another, um, but uh, our lives are saying something else. And so Scripture says, you know, if you have a sin against your brother, leave your gift at the altar, go reconcile, and then come back and, and you know, receive the Eucharist. So, uh, so what we receive, the absolution at Mass, is for our venial sins. And so I, I really encourage people to go early to Mass. You know, um, I know there's some churches that they have the reputation of, you know, people show up late and maybe if I just get there before the gospel, I'm good. No, we should be, I encourage you, 10, 15 minutes before Mass to thank God for the graces that week, to think about the sins that we've committed during the week, even the venial ones. And what is, who do I want to offer this Mass for? What is my intention for this Mass? And so then when the priest asks us for, you know, to, to call to mind our sins, we have them ready in mind. And for our venial sins, the priest is giving absolution for those. And 
it's this preparation, again, to hear the Word of God and to receive the Eucharist. And Father Burke, I think as we make that a brief examination of conscience before Mass, it's important to understand the difference between venial and mortal sins and what our Church teaches. Real briefly, the criterion, this is something that we find in First John 5.16. There's definitely a difference between mortal sins, deadly sins, and the little, the little smaller sins. Yes. As you're saying, there there is scriptural basis for uh, there are differences that some sins are deadly, meaning they they really um, you know cut off our relationship with the Lord, and we've all experienced that. You know, when we're we're living in a serious sin, we we experience that distance, that separation from God. But as we talked about at the beginning of this segment, you know, God's mercy is so great; He can't wait for us to come back in the sacrament of reconciliation, like the the prodigal son. And, uh, you know, as red as our sins may be, you know, they become white as snow through the sacrament of reconciliation. Again, those criteria, uh, full uh, consent. I, I know it's wrong and it's serious matter. Well, Father Burke, I really appreciate uh, your insights as always. Uh, I guess you, you will not be able to join us uh, next Monday because you'll be on that retreat. Uh, but uh, again, my, uh, my best to all the ballplayers out there at the, that Catholic Athletes for Christ retreat. Will do. And yes, I'll miss next week, but I'll be, be back with you in, in two weeks. Absolutely. Look forward to it. Thank you so much, uh, Father Burke. God bless you, John. Take care. Blessings. Father Burke Masters, the director for the Office of Adult Formation for the Diocese of Joliet, Illinois, the baseball priest, and of course, a regular contributor here on Morning Air. We need to take a short break when Morning Air continues. Danielle Beam, brand manager for CatholicMom.com, will be with us to talk about what it means to foster a childlike faith. Don't change that dial. Stay with us. There's much more to come as Morning Air continues after this. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. From Maui to Maine, you're listening to Morning Air with John Morales, coast to coast on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 30 minutes after the hour, welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverance. Thank you for tuning in and being with us here on this Monday morning. Thank you also for a historic Join the Family Fall Pledge Drive last week. Your response was absolutely unbelievable. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you for allowing us to continue to bring Christ to the world through the media, which is what Relevant Radio really is all about. Uh, the numbers are off the charts. Our, the total, as we speak right now, is uh, over $3,400,000 from uh, nearly 15,000 donations from you, our Relevant Radio family. That's an all-time record. Never in the history of Relevant Radio have we ever seen such support. Uh, if For whatever reason, if you were on vacation, if you just missed it all together, 
together. If you missed last week's Pledge Drive, you can still join the family. Join our Relevant Radio family by making a tax-deductible donation. And uh, you can call us at 877-291-0123. You can give online at relevantradio.com, or you can make a pledge through the Relevant Radio app. Again, thank you from the bottom of my heart, and I'm sure that all throughout the the day you're going to hear the same thing from all of my colleagues, all the other hosts, uh, because uh, it was a total team effort uh, by Team Relevant Radio uh, from the broadcasting side uh, from Relevant Radio, but it was also a total team effort by you, our Relevant Radio family. Simply unbelievable, amazing response. Our number, if you want to be part of uh, this show, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Our Lord Jesus Christ spoke numerous times in the Gospels about children. He had a lot to say about children. He said in Matthew 18, 3, for example, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. To enter the kingdom of heaven, we need to have a childlike faith. We've heard this so many times over the years, ad infinitum. But what exactly does it mean to have a childlike faith? And how do we raise our children to have this type of faith as well? Now joining us is Danielle Beam to discuss what it means to foster a childlike faith. Danielle is the brand manager for CatholicMom.com. She's also a speaker on a variety of subjects related to Catholic family life including homeschooling, marriage, and, of course, motherhood. She's also the author of Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, and is the mother of eight children who lives in New Hampshire. Good morning, Danielle. Welcome back to Morning Air. Always good to be with you. Thanks for being with us. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, Danielle, let's talk about uh, a childlike faith. What exactly does that mean? Right. I think that this is sort of along the lines of learning to trust in God. I think ultimately that's what it comes down to, because if you think about um, a child that you know in your life, whether it's your own child or your children when they were little or your grandchildren or nieces or nephews, that that's really a part of their approach to the world is having this trust in us, in the grown-ups in their lives, to provide good things for them, to love them, to care for them. And that really is what God is continually calling on us to do, to turn to him like a child turns to their parent or another caregiver, trusting completely in him to provide for everything we might ever need. And this is the ongoing struggle, the ongoing battle for every one of us is to figure out how we can do that. How can we grow in trusting God? How can we have a childlike faith? How can we trust in God the way that a child trusts in his mother or in his father? It's really a a beautiful thing that we're invited into this relationship with God, which is deeply personal and loving and relational, that he's inviting us deeper into that all the time with this invitation to grow in a childlike faith. Danielle, i got to share with you, as as, as I was thinking about uh, this topic that we were going to talk about, uh, having a childlike faith, it, it made me think of when I was a young dad and I my my little uh, young baby at the time uh, Joseph Dominic uh, you know he was even big as a baby but we used to play this game uh, flying baby and I would throw him up in the air <laughs> as far as I could go and then catch him 
And, you know, he would laugh and laugh and laugh. Let's play flying baby. And I would catch him, but he always knew that I would be there. He, he had total trust in daddy that daddy would catch him. I was not going to drop him. I never did. And to this day, you know, he's 14 now. And you know what? He still, rem- he still remembers those flying yeah. baby days. Uh, he's way too big <laughs> to be throwing up in the air. Heck, he's uh, about three or four inches taller than me and, uh, and outweighs me. So those days are long gone, but it's fun to remember. And he still remembers. It is. It is. And you know, that's, that's part of it. This is part of the privilege we have as parents is to kind of be our children's first experience of God, experiencing the love of God, because we do play that role in their lives. And I remember so many times how precious that was to me when my children were very small, how they would be turning to me throughout their days. They needed me if they got hurt. They needed me if they were happy. They wanted to share every little experience that they had with me. And they were continually kind of turning toward me throughout their days. And that's truly how God wants us to be relating to him, turning to him throughout our days, through the good, the bad, the ups and the downs, looking to him for encouragement, for support, for consolation, for sympathy, and for love. And that's what our children do. So I find that it's really um, a very inspiring thing to reflect on. When, when I became a parent myself, I realized just how much um, I could grow in my relationship to God because I was realizing for the first time ever a little tiny bit of his perspective on the way that he loves us, the way that he calls us to continually grow in that relationship with him in having that kind of a childlike faith. And we're all meant to foster it, whether you're, you know, three months old or 102, we're meant to have that childlike faith in God. And, you know, aspiring to have that childlike faith is one thing, because uh, it really is a, a challenge to have that, that total trust. Uh, you know, we pray here uh, every hour, Jesus, I trust in you, um, is, is mm-hmm. one of our prayers that we pray, which obviously comes from the Divine Mercy Chaplet that drew praise in the afternoon. And uh, it's easier said than actually practiced. I mean, one thing is to pray the prayer. Another thing is to really, really trust, knowing the Lord is there. He's got your back. He's with you. Right, right. And, you know, that is such a, a hard prayer to pray and mean. You know, I think we can say the words, but then we have to be following them up with a a prayer to, please, Lord, help me, help me to really embrace what I am praying here. Because, like I said, this is the lifelong challenge to trust in God through all the things in our days. Our much more human inclination is to trust in ourselves or our own work or in other human beings or in our bank accounts or in our social status or our material possessions. All of these things are temptations and distractions away from fully trusting in God. And in those times in, in your life where you might be struggling to pray those words and mean them, I always recommend people just think about the phrase, fake it till you make it. And this can really apply to our prayer lives, because if you are praying those words with a sincere desire to mean them, a sincere desire to grow in your relationship with God, grow in trusting Him, grow and foster your own childlike faith, He's going to bless that request. He's going to bless that prayer petition. So say the words and then follow up with a prayer, asking God to help you to mean them, asking Him to help you grow in trusting Him. I'm Danielle, and we are joined by Danielle Beam. She is the brand manager for CatholicMom.com and a speaker on a variety of different Catholic issues, including motherhood. We're talking about how to foster a childlike faith. Uh, Danielle, when I think of uh, childlike faith, I couldn't help but think of uh, St. Therese, the little flower, St. Therese of Lisieux, who we celebrated her feast day last month uh, with her mm-hmm. little way. That, that 
childlike trust that she had in the Lord. I think that, and she wasn't a kid, obviously. She was, you know, in her early 20s right. before she left this world. Uh, she she has a lot that, that she could teach us. Uh, what, what are some of the lessons that maybe we could learn from St. Therese, the little flower that apply to us grownups here in everyday life? Yeah, I mean, I, I love her, too. She is such a great example to all of us with that little way, because so often we feel like, I can't do great big things for God. I can't do all of, you know, accomplish these things. You read the lives of the saints, and it's so inspiring, and yet it feels so far away from where we might find ourselves. And so her little way is really an encouragement to all of us to trust in God one little step at a time, one little minute at a time. Decide what's the right thing to do right here in this moment. And then do it, however small it is, and make it an offering of love to God, as she gave us that beautiful example. One thing that she she said that I, I loved with regard to trusting in God was abandonment. That's my only law. And what a beautiful way of approaching your life, just abandoning yourself to God, putting yourself in his care. If that's your only law, everything else is going to fall into place from there. St. Therese is such an inspiring and encouraging example of doing exactly that. Yeah, I am a big, big fan of St. Therese, uh, the prodigy of miracles. Um, you know, on your website uh, at catholicmom.com, uh, there's there's mm-hmm. a, a great article about this very topic, uh, fostering a childlike faith. And I love the images. There's some photo, photographs of little children, tiny little little uh, tiny tots, uh, probably about two, three years old, you know, kissing the head of the Blessed Mother. I mean, my goodness, this is so, it's so darling, and it's just such a reminder that we need, (laughs) we also, us grown-ups have to have that kind of of childlike faith that we're, we literally would kiss the head of the Blessed Mother as we pass by a statue of the Blessed Mother. Right, so beautiful. Yes, that article is by Lisa Simmons, who's one of our contributors at CatholicMom.com, and she shares so beautifully, and these are her grandchildren that she's sharing some photos of who are just so simply and beautifully trusting in God and acting out their faith. Like you said, kissing the head of the Blessed Mother reminds me of my, my son Rafe, who's now 16, but when he was little, he got in trouble because he couldn't stop kissing the Blessed Mother statue in our garden and ended up toppling her over and it broke. And I just remember saying, you know what, he loved her. <laughs> he loved her so hard. And it was just such a beautiful thing that he had that simplicity of faith. And children can be that beautiful and encouraging and inspiring example to all of us. And uh, this doesn't mean that you can't also have that same kind of attitude when you get older. I was just coming out of Mass the other day, and I just happened to run into a, a young lady who was kissing the feet of this huge crucifix of Jesus. It's just as I was walking out the door, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, that that's childlike faith. She's literally saying, obviously saying, thank you, Jesus. She's kissing the feet of the crucified Christ. It's the statue, but it's, it's, it's where her heart is. And obviously, you know, it's a small little thing, but I think that that speaks volumes of the kind of spiritual attitude that we need to have as as adult uh, Catholic Christians. Absolutely. I think that's so. That's a beautiful example. And like you said, it doesn't matter what age you are. You can act out in that way, and you can act out upon your faith in that way. And just entering into that trusting relationship with the Lord, that's the ongoing challenge, the, the thing that we're all called to do. And when we accomplish it, that's all we ever need to do, because that's all that God is ever calling on us to do. So looking at, at the examples of others who kind of act out their faith in that way, without a care for what it might look like to others, or worrying about what others might be saying, or what kind of example you're setting, or you know, these are the kinds of things that hold us back from that kind of abandonment. But children and young people can set such a beautiful example that can encourage us. 
Now, Danielle, the one thing I do know is that kids ask lots and lots of questions. I'd like to kind of get into that after after the break on the other side, uh, because sure. some of the questions that kids come up with, especially when it comes to, to our faith, are, are pretty amazing. They're very wise, these little guys. So we're going to take a short break as we continue our conversation with Danielle Bean, brand manager for CatholicMom.com. Stay with us. There's much more to come here on Morning Air. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day with the issues that matter most. This is Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 888 888-914-9149. If you want to share what it means to you to have a childlike faith, or you have a question or comment uh, for our guest this morning, Danielle Beam, the brand manager for CatholicMom.com, uh, do uh, give us a call and uh, you can jump into the conversation. Uh, Danielle, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I wanted to talk a little bit uh, about some of the amazing questions that uh, children ask. Uh, you know, as a mom of, uh, I believe it's eight children. Is that yes, correct? Right. Eight children. You got plenty of experience. Plenty of experience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of the questions. In fact, I, I ran into the, this this article. I don't remember where I saw this, but uh, it, it talked about how children at times can ask a, a staggering seventy three questions every day to their parents. Uh, <laughs> This is according to a study that was done on this very issue, and the, and the list is pretty uh, pretty interesting. Uh, questions like, uh, why do people die? Uh, where did I come from? What is God? Uh, uh, how was I made? Uh, what does we can't afford it mean? Is Santa Claus real? Why do I have to go to school? Stuff like that. It's just sometimes the <laughs> wisdom of these little, these little ones is, is pretty amazing. Right, right. And so, you know, from the first segment where we're talking about having a childlike faith, this is this is part of it, right? Having this active, healthy, alive sense of curiosity about the world and wanting to know more. I think that's that's naturally, it's built into every one of us, and sometimes life kind of beats it out of us by the time we're adults, and we lose that sense of passion, we lose that energy, we lose that curiosity of wanting to always be learning more. But um, this is such a, a beautiful way to approach life, is by asking these questions or allowing young people in your life to ask these questions. I mean, that number 73, that sounds about right. And I think I had some that averaged much higher than that <laughs> during certain stages of their childhood. And um, so, you know, for us, the challenges as grown-ups, like, we, we feel like if we're going to have these kids asking these questions, we need to have all the answers. But that's not true. I think one of the be- most beautiful gifts that you can give your kids is an openness to questions and a sense that there is a, a right and a wrong, there is a, a truth, and that we can learn it, we can find it out together. If ever your children ask you a question you don't know the answer to, that's not a, a failure as a parent. It's an opportunity to say, you know what, let's talk about that. Let's explore that together. Let's see what our church teaches us about that and begin to do some research on your own, perhaps, and asking other trusted people in your life if they're really hard questions. And um, such a, so children can be a a wonderful way of kind of connecting ourselves with some of these most basic questions that we all have 
as human beings. And beginning to explore those together is a wonderful experience that you can have together as a family. Danielle, can you give us some practical advice uh, for us uh, adults, uh, moms and dads, uh, and even single people of how how we can uh, foster a childlike faith uh, in everyday life, in our regular activities that we uh, experience day in and day out? Right. Well, I think you know, if you want to have a childlike faith, you need to make sure that you are praying. That if you're not praying, you're not going to be growing in your faith life. You're not going to be connecting with God like we were talking about in the first segment, like having that childlike trust in God, that childlike faith requires turning to God. You know, any little child is dependent upon the people who are caring for him or her. So turning to them for their for their meals, for their, their clothing, for bath time, for bedtime, for love. And yet we forget sometimes that we're meant to have that same relationship with God, turning to him in all of our needs. And in the modern world, there's so many things that can distract us from that, so many things we can fill in to God's place in that way, whether you're having a bad day or you're struggling with something stressful or you're disappointed or discouraged about about something. Think about what is your natural reaction in that that situation? Where are you turning for comfort? It might be to a human relationship, which is a good thing. Um, might be in your marriage. Might be with a good friend, or it it might be going on a shopping spree. Maybe you're looking to indulge your your negative feelings in that way, or eating too much, or drinking too much, or some of these things that we turn to as sources of comfort. They're not bad in and of themselves, but they become an obstacle to our relationship with God. When we let them replace him in that vital role that he wants to be playing in our lives. He wants to be our everything, the way that a young child turns to a parent as their everything, their source of every good thing. He wants us to be turning to him like that. So being aware, first of all, that you have an active prayer life, you're talking with God, turning to him throughout your days, but then looking for what are some of those obstacles? What are some of those things that you might be turning to in place of turning to God? Where are you seeking comfort? Where are you seeking joy in places that are not God? Absolutely. And um, what are what are some of those places that, that you've seen from your experience where, where people turn uh, in different other areas and they kind of put the Lord up on the shelf in the back burner? Right. Well, it might be material goods. That's a very, that's a, a, a common distraction or your status at work or um, maybe how much money you have in your bank account is where you're getting your sense of satisfaction or self-worth. Um, and, you know, but a big one these days is social media. This is something that's a very big distraction for people. People will turn to it when they're feeling down. And, you know, after you spend a half hour scrolling through Instagram, it's rare you feel great at the end of that. So it's really not a very effective tool for that in the first place. But sometimes people are looking to distract themselves from their everyday worries, and and that can be a common way of doing it. But then the other part of it is this kind of sense of comparing ourselves with other people, seeking our self-worth in figuring out how we measure up against other people and whether we're, we're coming out ahead and we feel good about ourselves or we're coming out behind and we feel bad about ourselves. But that's not where we're meant to be discerning our self-worth. That's such a distraction in today's world that we look around at other people, whether it's on social media or the people that live down the block from you or the people sitting next to you in the pew at church. We compare ourselves and we're seeking our self-worth in places where we're not, we're not meant to. Like we each have a unique vocation and a unique relationship with God. And it's inside of that relationship that we're meant to discern our self-worth as sons and daughters of God. That's where we find out who we are and what our worth is. So all of these other things are distractions from that. I guess this morning, Danielle Bean, brand manager for CatholicMom.com, talking about how to foster a childlike faith. 
Part of uh, having a childlike faith uh, is being able to live it out at home. What can we do as parents uh, to uh, be an example, you know, the power of being the example for our children? Yeah, I mean, that is the, the most powerful thing. You can, you can say all you want, but they're going to learn the most from what you do. And so this is something really important for parents to, to think about. If you want your child to have an active prayer life, how are you modeling that? How are you teaching them that? Are they seeing you turning to God in moments of need, or are they, they seeing you filling your life with distractions instead? So I always encourage people, parents especially, that one way to assess how you're, you're doing with regard to your priorities in your life is to look at your calendar and to look at your, your bank statement. Where are you spending your money? And where are you spending your time? And how do these things measure up with what you say your priorities are? You might say, our relationship with God comes first and absolutely must. Well, how are you spending your time? Are you, are you spending time away from home, involved in many different activities, so there's no time, or you feel rushed and you, you don't feel like you have the opportunity to have family prayer on a regular basis or personal prayer on a regular basis? Um, how, are, how are you spending your money? Is it on all kinds of distractions and activities and accumulating material goods in, in ways that are sort of a replacement for the trust that you're meant to have in God? These are all things that I think can really help us to assess as parents, as couples, as families, how are we spending our time, how are we spending our money, and in what way does that show what we truly are valuing, and in what ways might we need to be adjusting that? Might God be calling us to adjust that in order to develop a closer relationship with Him and grow in that childlike faith that He wants us all to have? Danielle, as part of modeling our faith at home, what about something simple like having a crucifix when you first walk into your home, having an image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus or an icon of our Blessed Mother, Our Lady Guadalupe? How important is is all of that to, to again, to foster that childlike faith, especially to our children? Right. Well, that's, that's so vitally important. You know, as human beings, we, we experience the world in physical ways. We learn through our senses, and children especially are attuned to this, um, using all of their senses. And I love that our church recognizes the importance of this. You know, we get uh, the smells and bells at church, and um, all of the sacraments involve a physical element of some sort that's a, a vital part of receiving the sacrament. Like, it's important that we have bodies, and our church fully recognizes that. So in that sense, you know, everybody's going to have their own decorating style, but um, is there, are there holy images in your home? Is there a crucifix there? Have you enthroned the sacred heart of Jesus in a way that makes it easy to be reminded of your relationship with the Lord throughout your Absolutely. And, uh, and also uh, the, the importance of praying together as a family. I was very moved the other day as I was watching the family rosary across America with Father Rocky. And the last thing that he says as a reminder is the family that prays together stays together. And obviously that goes way, way back to the, the rosary in the 1940s uh, and Father Peyton. But uh, it's a reminder that's still in play today. If if you watch the the family rosary across America and you see especially the little ones, sometimes the the phone calls from the the little ones to Father Rocky are uh, are truly uh, spectacular. They're so so moving. The, these kids uh, uh, obviously they're praying the rosary with their with their parents and um, they have something to say and they want to be on the radio and they're they're just darling, you know. And I know Father Rocky also enjoys it. So again, just a little reminder to join in. 
uh, with Father Rocky and the Family Rosary across America every night at 7 p.m. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, our thanks to Danielle Beeman. Unfortunately, we uh, we had a little issue here with our connection with her here at, at the tail end. Uh, but uh, as always, uh, she brings uh, great insights uh, to us. Danielle Beeman, brand manager uh, for CatholicMom.com. You can go to CatholicMom.com for a lot more practical information and all kinds of great tips, uh, especially uh, for, for parents. It's now time for yet another edition of Glenn Story Quarter. Our story today is called Bummer Lamb. It's by Barbara Hearn. Every once in a while, a ewe will give birth to a lamb and reject it. There are many reasons she may do this. If the lamb is returned to the ewe, the mother may even kick the poor animal away. Once a ewe rejects one of her lambs, she'll never change her mind. These little lambs will hang their heads so low it looks like something is wrong with their neck. Their spirit is broken. These lambs are called bummer lambs. Unless the shepherd intervenes, the lamb will die, rejected and alone. So do you know what the shepherd does? He takes that rejected little one into his home, hand feeds it and keeps it warm by the fire. He'll wrap it with blankets and hold it to his chest so the bummer can hear his heartbeat. Once the lamb is strong enough, the shepherd will place it back in the field with the rest of the flock. But that sheep never forgets how the shepherd cared for him when his mother rejected him. When the shepherd calls for the flock, guess who runs to him first? That's right, the bummer sheep. He knows his voice intimately. It's not that the bummer lamb is loved more, it just knows intimately the one who loves it and has experienced that love one-on-one. So many of us are bummer lambs, rejected and broken, but he is the good shepherd. He cares for our every need and holds us close to his heart so we can hear his heartbeats. I'm a bummer lamb adopted and loved by the good shepherd. Matthew 18, 12 through 14. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, will he not leave the ninety-nine in the hills and go in search of the stray? And if he finds it, amen, I say to you, he rejoices more over it than the ninety-nine that did not stray. In just the same way, it is not the will of your heavenly Father that one of these little ones be lost. Thanks so much, uh, Glenn. As always, uh, really appreciated. Uh, absolutely wonderful. In case you missed last week's historic fall pledge drive here on Relevant Radio, for whatever reason you couldn't make it, you can still join the family. You can make a tax-deductible donation by giving us a call, 877-291-0123, where you can give online at relevantradio.com, or you can make a pledge through the Relevant Radio app. Don't forget to pray the rosary with Father Rocky tonight. Family Rosary across America, 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week. And that'll do it for this edition of Morning Air. For the entire Morning Air team, I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God love you. We'll see you tomorrow. Patrick Madrid is next. <laughs>